Hunted by the Kraken, the sinister leader of the Rule Empire, Beverly Jordan must control her powers, known only as the Priori, to survive. Believing her powers fit only for destruction and ruin, Beverly and her brother Charlie set off on a journey to find the fabled haven of Kriana, an underwater world where one can learn to split the fabric of time and manipulate the lines of power, where winged aliquines soar through the air and the shadows lurk in waiting for someone to release them. Will Beverly escape the grasping clutches of the Kraken? Or is she destined to become his weapon? Epilogue I remember Charlie once said to me that we don't remember days. We remember moments. Short snatches of memory. Phrases and ideas that meant something to us and helped us grow. No matter if they're good or bad, they are a part of you. What you will become and dictate the moments you remember in the future. These moments keep Charlie alive. I close my eyes and I see him in my mind. And sometimes I can't distinguish between the reality of my memories and the one in which he is dead. Every time I stand out in a storm, I swear I can see him each time the lightning slices the sky, smiling and talking to me. Just the image of him is a painful reminder of his individuality and the values he upheld. This one piece of wisdom is one of the most vivid moments I relive in my mind. As I stood at Charlie's funeral, at the foot of a giant ice tree in the forest. That was what I told him. Not about how he grew up, the moments he had experienced in his lifetime, what he believed or whether he died with dignity. But I imparted to them my most beloved memory of him and how I would remember him forever. I stood between Cyprus and Satinay, as my bluebell drifted down to lie upon Charlie's coffin. A shower of flowers followed. It was only a small gathering of the people who knew him. On the other side of the grave, my mother stood with a bewildered look upon her face. She could not mourn the loss of a son she couldn't even remember. It was her unknowing look that made me feel the greatest sadness. She would never remember her son as I did. All she would remember is the day a small band of friends mourned his death. It made me tremble at the injustice of it all. I shook as earth was methodically piled into the hole. Once, I would have tried to quell my tears. Now, I cried without shame, knowing my brother was worth it, worth the tears of an enchanter mage. Cypress stood patiently with his arms around me. Satinay held my hand and stroked my hair, making soothing noises through her sobs. I lifted my head and tipped it towards the cavern roof, 
blinking back the tears. I frowned, looking from Charlie's grave, which was nearly filled, to the closed-in roof of the cavern. This was not right. This wasn't how it should be. Charlie's body entombed within a cave. He had loved nature and sleeping under the stars. With the destabilization of the rule, there was no need to cower underground. Next to my mother was Master Elytri. He was watching me with a bright gaze. Catching my eyes, he gave me a small nod of his head. He understood. I had consent to give one last gift to Charlie. Without knowing how or why I knew, I followed my instinct. Surprising the twins, I leapt out of their arms and began dancing around Charlie's grave. Spinning, leaping, and dipping, I twirled lines of power along with me, weaving them into a pattern with my dance. The cavern roof above grated as small chunks of rock crumbled away and swirled through the air. The ground beneath my feet lurched and began to rise as I took the rocks from above and used them to build up the ground below. Little by little, patches of twinkling light began to appear in the cavern roof, and the rising ground formed a hill which rose steadily upwards, fast becoming a small mountain. The mountain, with the ice tree at its peak, came level with the NNA forest surrounding the bay. The remaining rock jostled for position, turning the mountain into a ramp, joining the land above to the grassy plain below. A swath of trees covered the slope, joining the two sister forests, above and below, together. All that remained of the cavern roof was the cliff that surrounded Eve-Tide Bay, a barrier of rocks a hundred feet thick to keep the sea at bay. The small party stared down in amazement at their city spread before them, and the barrier, all that was left of the cavern that had sheltered them for close to twenty years. The sky was clear, and the stars were shining. I was the only one to see a white bird fly up high and rest as a bright aqua blue spot in the sky. When I looked down, I saw Mother turn away with a wondering smile upon her face. Maybe I was not the only one. I released the lines twirled around my fingers. Charlie's freed spirit had brought on unwanted memories of the night the Kraken was reduced to shadow. A bad moment, but still a part of you. You'll understand its use eventually. Charlie's voice whispered in my head. I smiled. Charlie, still trying to guide his little sister from afar. Yes, the Kraken was still out there, and yes, I would face him again. But there was nothing I could do about it. No way I could avoid it. The time for hiding was over. It was time to face things as Charlie would, with courage.
Hello, everybody, and welcome to the sniff, sniff, final episode of Priori, episode 28, the final epilogue chapter. Please, could you welcome my lovely fellow cast members who have given their blood to this project? (laughs) Was that what Uh, that form was for? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We have Kevin Powell. Hello. Sam Piaggio. Hello. Colin Smith. Oh, hi. Sorry, I've got a mouthful of food. Sorry. Hello, <laughs> Spangler. Hey. And David, the intern of Awesome and his eloquine Pupples. Good evening. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for that. I forget who does the voice of Pupples. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think it. I think it sort of rotates around. <laughs> so, guys, very short episode. It was kind of over in a snap of your fingers or a flap of an eloquine's wing. What did we think? There's not much thinking going on. There's a whole lot of. Uh... I had a sort of moment. Where I was like reading it, and then you get to the end, and I sort of like sat there, still scrolling, being like, "But no." No. No. So many feels it launched its own Tumblr. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. Oh, goodness. In three pages, there's two really good halves to that in terms of feeling because the opening of that is such a quiet and a solemn moment, which I think is important to the rhythm of everything that's happened before just to give people a chance to catch a breath before it finishes. And then it's such a beautiful memorial. Mm. I feel Mm. that every memorial should end in a dance. Mm. Yeah, Mm. I guess. I'm trying to think of (laughs) one that we shouldn't. (laughs) Well, it's a matter of opinion, I suppose. (laughs) Oh, dear. I like the vision of him um, being above the water this time too, um, mm. and um, yeah. seeing the sun, and you know the, all the all the hope that that brings as well. Mm. What is not to be hiding? Like, yeah, that whole time, like they weren't just like I'm just gonna live underwater. It's like no, they're in hiding. They're there because yeah. otherwise they'll die. And now mm. that's they don't need to do that as much. Yeah. 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 So it's sort of like a memorial for Charlie, but it's also a sort of a joyous moment for the town itself, for the community. Mm. It's kind of a nice metaphor for you are now part of a a larger world. So not only is there a beautiful visual that they can go up and see the night sky, but it's kind of a reminder too. You don't, not only do you not have to hide anymore, but you have an obligation to go out and be part of this world. And here it is, by the way. Mm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, I had designed it specifically because I wanted it to be its own closed book. So, technically, this could be the end of the Priori story, hmm. you know, in its entirety. But but then there is also that, like, little seed of a doubt that mm. the Kraken still kind of exists. Yeah. It's just, you know. At the very least, he exists within all our hearts. <laughs> Maybe just mine. <laughs> so, considering that this is, you know, the final episode, it's the final episode of the Priori podcast, guys, I'd like to hear your your highlights. What has been the highlights of these past 28 episodes slash 12 and a bit months? 
Well, except it's not 12 and a bit months. I mean, it's 12 and a bit months for the, the podcast itself. But, like, you know, yeah. we, we were doing this well before that. Like, we started recording, like, oh, goodness. Mm. You know. 2014? Yeah. There you go. It's like yeah. two years ago. So, yeah. Kevin, highlight, highlight either of the story or of the podcast in general. Got it. Okay. Um, in terms of story stuff, I'm always a sucker for the dark notes. So when Beverly finds the shadows and discovers what exactly is going on there, I really liked that because that was like the underside of the city. Dun dun dun! Mm. Black market magic. <sighs> <laughs> Sam, highlights. I like that Syrah got slightly redeemed. I think I like that towards the end mm. in that last little bit. He gets a little moment. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> Has his moment in the spotlight. Or just like, or like self-reflection of like, yeah, I was a dick. I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Draco Malfoy doesn't do that, does he? I can't even remember. Does he ever? No, I think he does. So... I think he, at the end he's got a bit of one. Yeah, there's a gesture that he makes in the last book, which actually is not just a, it's not just a token, it actually has an impact on what's happening, where he decides to help everyone else, rather than just uh, sulking and being part of the darkness. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Cole, Sorry. your highlights, your highlights of the podcast? Look, becoming Kraken and him kind of going beyond the book into more fame was quite cool. <laughs> uh I did enjoy the kind of the flexing of my vocal range playing both the primary antagonist and the person that the protagonist turns to for affection and help the most. I like playing opposites, you know, in the same show. I was doing a lot of that in um, <clears throat> when I was working the improv circuit and, uh, you know, coming back to that. It's really refreshing. Um, I like doing shows where I'm opposing energies. And <laughs> oh, and you did such a good job as well because you would do that in a single session. You know, you go for like two or three hours worth of recording and then there would be like Charlie and the Kraken in the same, <laughs> same yeah. chapter. It was awesome because we actually got to watch you. We actually got to see you like change, like how you stood and your <laughs> right. face moved and all of that sort of thing. You were scary as the Kraken Coal. You were scary. Thank Sorry, you. I missed that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, might come around again. You never know. <laughs> Wasn't I scary enough in Twelfth Night for you? Um. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was a different kind of scary. So. <laughs> 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 Creepy scary. Uh, how about you, Lois? What was your highlight of the podcast? Really, it's all about, you know, I have fun when I have all my friends around me. Yeah. Uh, so the actual recording was an incredible amount of fun. Mm. Um, just because you get to bounce off each other and then people are making jokes in the background and you're trying to do your line whole serious and they're being schmucks about it. And then you get to get <laughs> revenge when the roles are reversed. And Colin being my dialect coach. <laughs> yeah, it's just the fun that happens when you're hanging out with friends, being silly and working on a creative project that you're all interested in participating in. And then the actual recorded conversations that we have per episode are just echoes of that to me. So. I like that. 
I like that. I just have the most fun ever on Tuesday nights chatting to you lovely people. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yay, David. Now that you guys mentioned that, that has been amazing. To have such a uh, an awesome group of really intelligent, really witty people uh, with such a depth of knowledge and wisdom and stuff. The chats have been very good. <laughs> this is amazingly good. Uh, and you've got to listen to them more than once. <laughs> that has been really that has been really neat to just to be sort of involved in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to sort of uh, you know uh, I guess touch the gods or whatever it is. Um, gods, yes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> don't get a big head or anything. But you know, you know what I mean. You can tell when you're working with someone who's destined for good things. Be like, man, this person's awesome. Like, this is someone who's got amazing talent and uh, and a good brain. So <laughs> that's been good. As far as the priori itself, I, I suppose I'm more of a character person. So I, there's um, three characters that stick out for me are um, Elytri. Uh, yes. Tamika, who I really liked, and Tamika. Elliot. I thought that the, the three mm. of them had some amazing stuff that they went through, and you, you got a real insight into those really interesting characters. Which isn't to say the other characters weren't interesting, but those would be my top three picks. They had the arcs that were most meaningful to you. Yeah, yeah. And for some of them done in a really short time as well. Like Tamika sort of mm. appears suddenly disappears just as suddenly so it was pretty nice to see how deftly that portrait of a person was painted and we got to feel for her just in time for her disappearance i probably talked for a bit too long about all this but yeah that's no. those are all the things that i just making me smile <laughs> making me smile so i suppose in terms of me the highlights have been i loved our christmas episodes our 12 days <laughs> of priori christmas like <laughs> Those were just brilliant, coming up with the questions, answering the questions, reading out Sam's responses to the questions. <laughs> Let's not forget Sam's amazing talent as a parody artist. I yeah. know! That's Weird Al. Hmm. Yeah, Sam, <laughs> Sam is crazy good at writing those parody lyrics. Just outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, brilliant. And every time it's just bottled gold. You look at it and you're like, yes! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Want Sam to write musicals. Want Sam yes. to write musicals. <laughs> yeah, a musical version of, well, maybe not a priori, but something know. just as fun. If anyone um, wants someone to collaborate yeah. with on a filk musical to do with anything, you yeah. couldn't do I better than Sam. Someone who knows how to do music. Mm-hmm. That'd, mm. that'd, that'd help. But if you yeah. mm. anyone's shopping for a lyricist, then... Uh, <laughs> Perfect. Huh. So highly enjoyed those, particularly considering that the last Christmas episode didn't come out till like February. That did. So, I, I was amused. Yeah. <laughs> and then in terms of my favourite things about the story, my favourite thing about the story has always been the most trivial thing, and that is the interplay between the two sphinxes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Absolutely nothing to do with the rest of the story <laughs> at all. No deep moments or, or, or anything like that. Just two sphinxes being dickheads. And listeners, if you have favourite moments of the Priori podcast, 
email us. You guys are slackers. I barely get any emails from you. <laughs> We'd like to know. You know, just drop us an email. Even even if it's only like a spam email that you've cut it and, and pasted in, like that's fine too. <laughs> yeah, don't just forward spam to us. You have to go to some effort. You create your own. If you've gone to like cut it out and do that, that's fine. Yeah. We don't need it anymore because obviously the last episode, so we don't need more spam for Colin to have to read. I think Cracking Good Reasons still keep going, right? That'll never die. Well, it depends my on mind. whether people send I mean, it's, emails. It's more of a live reading at you know Colin's local library. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow! Picks Gather around, kiddies. Yeah, just takes a book from the shelf and starts. <laughs> Whenever Colin's doing a, a live show, just in the intermission, just like, all right, everyone, we're having a really good time, but I'd just like to read a few things as the crack, and if I may. <laughs> You know, the library for the children's stories, I think there's a really good telling of the hungry, hungry caterpillar in there. Oh. <laughs> Hello, kiddies. I'm going to read you Peter Benchley's Jaws now. <laughs> <laughs> and shitting terror. <laughs> so, uh, we were talking about spam before, and I feel like that's a lovely right. introduction into our final Cracking Good Reads because it's spam malicious yeah. this week. Absolutely spam-alicious. I have an idea as well. Seeing as this is the last episode, I should probably do a Kraken-y kind of theme to end it all. Yes? But I'm not going to sing it. I'm going to Kraken it. But only one verse of a song that might be familiar to you all. Please just start laughing uproariously when you figure it out. Deal. (laughs) We're leaving together but it's still farewell and maybe we'll come back to earth who can tell i guess there is no one to blame we're leaving ground leaving ground will things ever be the same again it's the final kraken <laughs> Did it eat? Did it eat? Did it do? The final Kraken. Oh, God. Did it eat? Do. Did it eat? Did it do? Damn it. I need a photo of the Kraken in front of a synth. Oh, yeah, yeah. With, with 80s hair. Oh, yeah. That would be just. Yes. Best. I was holding yeah, yeah. it together so well, I thought, until you started doing the <laughs> <da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da
from Frank Young. Which is the Kraken's code name. Yeah, it's it's the Tom de Guerre for sure. And the subject is time travelers, please help. Six exclamation. <laughs> <laughs> That's serious if you've got to have six exclamation. <clears throat> if you are a time traveler or alien disguised as human and or have the technology to travel physically through time, I need your help. My life has been severely tampered and cursed. I have suffered tremendously and am now dying. I need to be able to travel back in time, rewind my life, including my age, back to four, be able to remember what I know now so that I can prevent my life from being tampered with again after I go back. I am in very great danger and need this immediately. I am aware that there are many types of time travel and that humans do not do well through certain types. I need as close to temporal reversion as possible, as safely as possible. To be able to rewind the hands of time in such a way that the universe of now will cease to exist. I know that there are some very powerful people out there with alien or government equipment capable of doing just that. If you can help me, I will pay for your teleport or trip down here, along with hotel stay, food, and all expenses. I will pay top dollar for the equipment. Proof must be provided. Also, if you are one of the very few beings with the ability to edit the universe, please reply. <laughs> Only if you have this technology and can help me, please send me a separate email. <laughs> triple X, triple X at AOL.com. Please do not reply if you're an evil alien <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> you're right it wasn't until after you said like when i posted that and you said i feel like that that would be an email the kraken yeah. sent and then i just went back i was like oh my god oh my god yes <laughs> he, needs to. Mm. he needs to rewrite his whole fucking life uh, i have been severe my life has been severely tampered with and cursed <laughs> by beverly <laughs> oh, I am God. now dying. <laughs> it's like a second epilogue. Can you imagine <laughs> what a four-year-old cracker would be like? <laughs> yeah, uh, Omen. <laughs> Damien. Damien Kraken. <laughs> uh, still haven't seen those movies, but I have heard that they're just ferocious. The first is really good. Yeah, yeah. the first All one's right. amazing. Added to the list. So I wanted to finish off our, uh, our wrap-up podcast by getting all of those lovely listeners out there, giving them a bit of information about what you guys are up to at the moment and where they can connect with you once Priori stops being their place for information about the cast. So if I could start with Sam, can you tell us a little bit about what people have to look forward to and how they can connect with you in the future? Um, well, if they want to connect with me, I have a Twitter that I set up 
because of this podcast. This is very true. It was um, Emily getting irritated that I didn't have a Twitter, so she couldn't link things that I had said in these chats on her Twitter. And she was like, damn it, just get a Twitter. And so I did. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm at the underscore um, real Sammy P. As for what I'm doing, I am currently trying to get a, a project I've had in mind um, off the ground. It's actually involving some of the wonderful people right here on this chat in various ways, but it will be a kind of taking like the sort of like, like <clears throat> streaming of games, but sort of trying to take it in a slightly different direction. So Does it have a name? No, it does not. No. Sam, it's, how are uh, people supposed to look it up when it becomes available? They would mm. want to look at my Twitter because I will. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I will Follow talk about Sam. stuff on my Twitter. Yeah. Like it's on, yeah, like, for sure. I, once there's stuff to announce, like I'll definitely be announcing it. So, yes. Really? Well, what I was what I was actually gunning for was for us to like just invent names for your thing, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be funny. Not, I don't know if it'd be helpful. But <laughs> funny. And I do appreciate funny, so I'm so mm. fabulous. Semi P half hour. Semi P's great adventures. <laughs> <laughs> the great adventures of Madeline King crossed out Semi P. So it's it's like video game streaming, but it's just me stream videoing myself as I go about my day. Yeah, like stream <laughs> Sam stream. It Sam can't, stream. It can't fail. Which milk will he pick from the fridge? Who knows. <laughs> Oh. Okay, thank you so much, Sam. I'm excited. I'll be excited as I watch your Twitter handle when this becomes available. How about you, Cole? How else can people find you and what should they be looking out mm. for? Well, yeah, I'm on Twitter as well. Uh, my handle is Colin W. Smith. That's C O L I N W S M I T H. Does the um, W stand for Willis? No. What are you talking about? That's what it sounds Exactly. Yeah, look, I'm also, uh, like, the other places to kind of see where I'm at, um, I'm, well, I'm still with the Queensland Shakespeare Ensemble. You can find them at qldshakespeare.org, and um, I'm part of the core ensemble, and I am for the foreseeable future. Um, if there's any agents out there that want to hire me or <laughs> anything like that, uh, look, go to my agent's website, nataliehall.com.au, and you'll find me under voice artists. But yeah, I, I don't have an official website yet, working on that one. But yeah, as for what's going on with me at the moment and in the future, right now I'm a full-time actor, uh, at least for the next month or so. Yay! And uh, I am in the La Boite Theatre Company's production of A Streetcar Named Desire, and that's playing at the Roundhouse Theatre. In, <laughs> exactly in uh, in Kelvin Grove in Brisbane, uh, mid October to mid November 2016. No, I was going to say the only way to make that more perfect would be to bring back Brisbane streetcars, but you know. Yeah, for sure. So uh, yeah, laboite.com.au. That's it's l-a-b-o-i-t-e.com.au. Uh, you know, as in French for the box, because it's the theatre in the round, and it kind of looks like a box from the outside, but it's all nice and round. A hat box. <laughs> Le Boite de Chapeau. <laughs> yeah, after that, there's uh, a couple of projects that Kev and Lois are going to be talking about, including Liminal and Team Now Playing stuff. And then after that, I'm with the Queensland Theatre 
company, uh, QT. That's the State Theatre Company of Queensland. In around about this time again next year, around about the October mark, I'm going to be doing a show called An Octoroon. And uh, it's a mm. Australian Indigenous rejigging of a play that's been in the States for a little while by Brandon Jacob Jenkins. Oh, good Lord, I'm going to murder his name. <laughs> it's BJJ. Uh, yeah, and I'm <laughs> in that Go to queenslandtheatre.com.au to check out the deets on that. But, yeah, I'm trying my darndest to uh, have the momentum that I'm building up at the moment with my actor to take off and um, become a more of a full-timey kind of thing if I can keep the gigs rolling. And you heard him first on Priori. Yeah, this might be like you'd be, you'd be looking back. <laughs> People in the future going, oh, wow, that really famous Colin Smith guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did this thing called Priori. He keeps on yeah. rabbiting on about it in his memoirs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's go listen to it on iTunes. So, so Kevin, can I go back to you? Uh, I've just done a couple of things recently that I'm still under NDA for. So uh, check out Redacted and Redacted when they come. But um, <laughs> Redacted. I like yeah. Redacted, but Redacted was also pretty decent. But I did just have uh, something come out recently that I'm really proud of, which is uh, I did some voice acting for a game called Tahira, which you can see at tahiragame.com, which is a Canberra-based developer, and it's a really interesting game. Talking about some really interesting stuff, it has a really strong story and some fun mechanics behind it as well. And the lovely Gemma Laurel, who I collaborate with whenever I get a chance to, was the voice of Tahira in that. So that's probably one of the most recent things that's come out in terms of what's coming up. Cole, you name-checked a couple of things that I'll talk about very briefly because I don't want to go on. But um, one thing that I've been doing for a while is do a series of videos on YouTube called Now Playing because I play video games regularly and this is a way of assuaging my guilt about the amount of time I spend playing them. There we go, <laughs> so Sam. That's how, you, that's, how you name a, that's how you name a channel, Sam. Now Playing. That was perfect. Look at look at the naming strategy in that. Catchy, terrible to Google. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not a let's play. It's more a condensed experience to differentiate because there is just a lot of let's plays out there, and there's a lot of people who do it really well who are professional, and now that's their job. So this is more condensed talking about what I love in story uh, and what I love in voice acting performance, and occasionally what I like in mechanics, although that's not my strong suit. So I've been doing that for a while, and I'm about to launch in the next month or so a project with Colin, where we're going to be playing through the Mass Effect trilogy, and most of the major choices in that game, for those of you unfamiliar with Mass Effect, it's a big space opera, really exciting universe, and it's a Bioware game, and they always hinge on strong narrative choices. So there are points where you can go, well, I'm going to side with this faction or that faction. This person is going to suffer so that this person can prosper. And we're going to be driving all of those choices via user poll. And we've got a poll at the moment to help crowdsource the creation of our character as well. And if you want to find out more about that, then you can go to... Now, you could go to this via my website, but I'm making things easy and just putting a shortened link in. And if you go to bit.do, so bit.do slash now playing me, all one word, now playing me, then you can find that. Uh, if you want to connect with me outside of that, oh, I'll talk about Liminal very quickly as well. 
Uh, it's still in early stages. We don't have a website for it yet, but it's something that I'm doing under the Tavern of Voices brand, which is where I do more casting and directing. But there's a audio drama that we'll be talking about more certainly at the start of next year. And um, really excited to share some stuff about that because God, the writing and the world and everything I love about it so much. So yeah, it's called Liminal currently. It will be changing its name, but I will be talking about that. And here's where I seek to social media over on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at voiceover, all one word. So voiceover underscore AU, which either means Australian or if you prefer gold. Yeah. <laughs> Too good. Yeah. I like it. So yeah, that's probably the place where I'm most active. You can find me there or you can go to kevinpower.com, K-E-V-I-N-P-O-W-E.com. And that's where you will find most of my social media links as well. I've got a blog there, but it doesn't get updated terribly frequently. I'm not really prodigious there, but that's where you'll find links to things like my Facebook page and everything else. There's a few other things that I'm working on that are more long-term plans. There's an animated series I'm developing called Altered, and I'm going to be talking about that in the next newsletter that I send out, which is kind of a private newsletter. It's a bit of a secret screen. Yeah, so sign up to the newsletter. That's just where you're going to find <laughs> out about it. It's a pretty sweet newsletter. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like all the big stuff that's happening with me. But yeah, if there's anything there that's vague, just shoot me a message on Twitter at voiceover underscore AU, and I will um, respond to you very quickly. See, see, Kevin just makes awesome things, people, so you should tune into him. And then Colin is in awesome things, so you should go and see his things. And mm. then Sam <laughs> is also making of the awesome things. It's just that he hasn't named it yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say, I highly recommend Paul's thing. So, Lois. So, the, the liminal thing that, that Kevin was mentioning, he was being far too kind. I'm, I'm the one who's, who's working on the scripts for that. And uh, once I can actually sort out the other juggled components of my life, I want to sit down and just have some time to bang out at least the full first episode. If I can, I'd like to bang out the first three, but... You know, let's not get too ambitious. I'm still working on the doctorate, the eternal doctorate. Really, I'm on a U.S. doctorate schedule. It usually takes about six years in the U.S. And that's based around all the stuff that I've talked about over the past, what, year or so on podcasts. So Kevin, like, mentioned liminal, and then Colin mentions liminal. But no one ever says what liminal is yeah. about. It did come from your yeah. brain. Well, mm. A lot of see the stuff that I do is quite collaborative, so it's like I don't personally think like it all burst out from my brain. It's there's input that comes in, it rattles around in my skull, starts resonating with what other people are talking about, and then I put it back out, and other people go, "Oh yeah!" So really, it's this semi-owned, amorphous, conceptual mass. The term liminal comes from this kind of location, this co-location of. There's real space, which is what we all live in here. You know, we're sitting at our computers and we have cats who poke us in the leg because they want cashews and, you know, you got to go to work every day or whatever. And then there's pure mythic space, which is, you know, like the, 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 the platonic ideal realm is in there and Yggdrasil's out there too and so is, you know, so is the blue-green plate and the blue-green bowl from various uh, Central and North American 
belief systems and all those places that are metaphorical and conceptual. Well, there's, there's an area where those two places overlap, and that is what we call, well, what we're temporarily calling liminal space until we come up with better terms for it. And there's an overarching plot that I don't want to talk about too much because it's still under development, and I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the idea is that these four very different people end up in each other's company due to circumstances that bring them together in a variety of ways. And the atmosphere of the story, we're sort of looking at like, it's not going to be as straightforward funny as like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, but it's Hellblazer meets X-Files meets Neuromancer. And yeah... So my intent for the story was to have these, these four very uh, very well-formed characters, not just these sort of you know, cardboard cutouts, but these characters that have reasons for where they are, are capable of you know, thinking and changing their minds depending on what other characters do around them. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's a story about how the four of them end up potentially changing the course of reality around them, which sounds like a big deal, but in liminal space, a daydream can do the same thing. Mm. And that is a perfect place to leave it hanging. Oh yeah. If you want, wait, 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 wait. If you want to follow me though, if you want to figure out where I am, the best thing to Mm. do is to go look at storytrade.net. So that's all one word, storytrade, S-T-O-R-Y-T-R-A-D-E. Dot net, not dot com, because when I wanted to get dot com, it was like fifty thousand dollars for the website. Oh my god! Mm. Mm. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, no, I'll just take my dot net. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> and very briefly, as an aside, I, I also do uh, Spanish fencing, and I translate texts because I can't help it. You know, I, I read. Because you're write. awesome. Well. I, you know, I can I can look at the primary sources and actually more or less understand them. So um, the translating has been picking up steam because Spanish fencing experts from Spain are now aware mm. of me and are taking interest in what the school that I'm with is doing here in Brisbane, which is really cool, but also just a little bit intimidating. <laughs> On a less esoteric note as well, Lois, you do story consulting as well, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to do narrative design and script consulting, story consulting, character consulting. I also do sensitivity reads. If you're not aware of what that is, if, say, you are not from Mexico, but you want to feature a character who has a Mexican background or a Mexican-American background, and you want to make sure that you haven't fluffed it up somehow, you hire a sensitivity reader to double-check that you haven't done anything careless. And sensitivity readers are just uh, for particular types of cultures, isn't it? So like you may not be as helpful for. I mean, for certain things I can be like if, you know, if you have a character who has Mayan or Mexica background, I can probably help you out or I can point you in the right direction. But if we're talking about, uh, you know, like Navajo or Comanche or something, uh, you're better off finding somebody else. Yeah, I couldn't do Indonesian in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> um, you know, I couldn't do Punjabi in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. 
Cool. That's exciting. Yay. And Lois is brilliant. I mm-hmm. use her for all my mm-hmm. narrative needs. Which uh, are. <laughs> I recommend her enough. <laughs> like speaking <laughs> and writing. Which, that's right. <laughs> so, David, I lucky last. Our wonderful intern of awesome. He came in halfway and stole our hearts. Oh. Seriously, no, give those back. I know they're mine. <laughs> Cardio possession is nine tenths of the body law. <laughs> Oh, cardio possession. It sounds like an evil form of exercise. Yeah. Mm. Like, oh, God, he's possessing me. Oh, he's making me do cardio. Oh, this couldn't be worse. Don't make me CrossFit. You wouldn't like me when I'm CrossFit. <laughs> so, uh, let's just say my Twitter handle is at Governor Frog. <laughs> All one word, lowercase, no numbers. <laughs> if everyone's been enjoying hearing stories being told to them and then people talking all kinds of stuff around those stories, then that's what I do. Um, Yay! It's maybe not the same quality as what <laughs> as Priori, uh, <laughs> but largely because there is no editing of the scripted content, so to speak. So a friend of mine and I, we write science fiction stories really pulpy base opery stories for each other and then we read them to each other across skype and we record them and then talk about sometimes we talk about the stories sometimes we just talk about what's happening or something that's interesting us in science so uh it's mostly Mm -hmm. just a rambling podcast that anchors itself to some science fiction tales that we do and you can find it at YouTube at the moment, but I'm looking into other places to host it, but it's called Fictional Tales of Scientific Adventure. Um, yes. Spelled how it sounds. <laughs> H-O-W-S-O-U. <laughs> oh, that was... <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Woo-hoo. That started oh. already, hasn't it, David? That, that's yes, like it already has. up in, yeah, yes. in in the podcasting world. Yeah, so check them out. Episodes five and six should be up there. Plus a little extra thing we did to test my recording software, where we basically read the moon landing script, uh, as it were, the transcript. Cool. Oh wow! Oh wow! Not the whole oh, thing, because that's really long. So there you go, guys. You may no longer have the Priori podcast, but there is much to fill your endless hours with from the Priori cast. Mm. Oh, I should let you guys know what I have got. Yeah, exactly. Come on. Um, you got heaps on your plate. So um, Story City is putting out two new adventures in Adelaide, which the delightful Kevin Powell is narrating for us. So those will be coming out in probably October, November. And big announcement, I am going to be going overseas next year for a very long time, probably I'm hoping 12 months. And I'm hoping that during that time of travel that I will be able to add a whole heap of Story City stories and adventures and tours to the app in different countries. So if anyone is interested and lives in another country and wants Story City in their town, Hit me up on the emails at emily at madelinecane.com and maybe I can meet up and make fun things with you. 
the other major thing is that I am one chapter away from finishing my new young adult fantasy novel, which is the first one that has been written since Priori called Jack. And Jack is basically about two young teenagers who accidentally released Jack the Ripper from a deck of magic cards (laughs) is the idea behind the story. So set in modern day London is full of magic and intrigue and crime and serial killers. So who knows how that will come into the world, but do keep an eye out for that when it does eventually come. If you want to keep in touch with me, if you have been getting your podcast from the original fantasy.com, that's where I'll be. You can contact me there. Uh, I'm also on the Twitters at the Madeline Kane. I am also creating a Patreon page for Story City, which isn't up yet, but um, I will post about that in the original fantasy. Actually, it'll probably be ready by the time we post this episode. Yeah. So I'm hoping that that will help us create more awesome things with Story City in different countries all the fun interactive storytelling times. Yeah. Yeah. So that is how you can connect with me, with all of us, how you can get a little bit of taste of cracking good reads, even though it's no longer going to be here for your entertainment. (laughs) (laughs) So I'd like to thank my beautiful cast members who have been on this journey for two years and probably more than two years, probably it's more like three years, if we're being honest here. Kevin Powell, Sam Piaggio, Colin Smith, Lois Spangler, and David Fithian. You guys are amazeballs, and thank you so much for making Priori so awesome. Our pleasure. Thank you very much for having us. For the last time, everybody. Hopefully, we will have more podcasting goodness sometime in the future. It's the final podcast. (laughs) We will leave you to the final gag reel. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Bye. Be well. Yay. Drink this Drano. Stop stabbing me in squishy bits. Do you know that Taco Cat is a palindrome? That's awesome. You'll understand its use eventually. No, it's locomotive. I'm really steamed. Skid marks on underwear. <laughs> That's going in a blooper reel. Priori the Podcast is a full cast audio of the fantasy novel Priori, written by Emily Craven, the author of the Grand Adventures of Madeline Kane series. The podcast is produced by Emily Craven and Kevin Powell and contains the voiceover talents of Emily, Kevin, Sam Piaggio, Colin Smith and Lois Spangler. Intro and outro music is thanks to composer Christopher Healy. Our audio intern is the amazing David Fithian. Each weekly episode contains a chapter of Priori, as well as a gag reel and chat with the cast. To find out more about Priori, Emily, the cast, or to sign up to the newsletter of Awesome, go to www.originalfantasy.com forward slash Priori podcast. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please consider while you're at the website donating the price of a cup of coffee towards us paying our wonderful voiceover actors. These guys have freely donated their time for this project and Emily would like to shower them with riches so they'll consider creating more podcasts with her and for you in the future.